Hi, and welcome to episode 85 of No Crying in Baseball, the Happy Pride Month episode. My name's Patty. I'm here with my friend Potty Mouth. Hi, Potty Mouth. Hey there. So Pride Month, new month, new era. Things can change in, in places like baseball now, right? We have some hope for maybe things changing for the rest of the season. That's that's my angle. Potty Mouth's going a little Pollyanna, yeah. and I thought that was my gig, but I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. So um, yeah, so Pride Day is going to be coming up, and the whole month there's going to be Pride events at different ballparks. I hope you get to go to the one at your ballpark. We're going to the one at ours. On today's show, we're going to start out with honoring Bill Buckner. May he rest in peace. We're going to give you the overview of all-star voting this year, not who to vote for, although we do have our preferences, but how it actually works this year because it's different. Is it drafty in here? The MLB draft is starting and Potty Mouth is going to teach you all about it so you know what is happening when it happens. We're going to extend thoughts, prayers, and hopefully the protective netting, damn it. Things are happening, and they're bad, and we can change it. Speaking of bad, and we hope we can change it, we're going to welcome Adubal Herrera to the never-going-to-be-a-boyfriend list. And we're going to do a monthly check-in on our predictions. I think we're playing the long game. Some things are looking better. Eh, again, with the Pollyanna, go team. We'll start off on the sadder note so that we have just places to move up from here. But we have to say goodbye to Bill Buckner, who died this past week since we last recorded, who is known for being on a variety of teams, but especially the Red Sox. And as a member of Red Sox Nation, that was less than kind to Bill Buckner, shall I say, for many years way more than he deserved. I would like to point out some of the reasons why he was a an above-average baseball player, somebody who's really solid and did a lot of good for many teams in the league. He never had a game with more than two strikeouts. And that's amazing just in and of itself. But if you think about it, already Fernando Tatis Jr., has had two games with more than two strikeouts. The wonderful Ichiro Suzuki, who recently retired, had 22 games with more than two strikeouts. And Buckner had zero. And it's not that he had a short career. He played for 22 seasons from the age 19 to the age 40. And when he was, when he started at 19 years old, he was one of the five youngest players. And when he ended at age 40, he was one of the five oldest players who were playing at that time. He won the batting title in 1980, made it to the All-Stars in 81, and in 85, when he was 35 years old, he played 162 games that season. That's the whole season. That's yeah. every game. That's there's For some reason, like I don't quite get it. There are people who have played 163, 4, and 5. Like I looked at the all-time records, playoffs? and I had a hard time with the math. But I bet it's playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. That, oh, that makes sense. So we will miss you, Bill Buckner, and I am very sorry for all of the bad statements that Red Sox fans have made in the past. I think that amends were made, and he did get a standing ovation when he returned to Fenway Park, I think it was 2008. Um, so let's hope that there, there weren't as such hard feelings at the end. All-star voting has started, and it's different than it's been in years past. This is good practice for, say, presidential elections, because now we're divided into primaries and then the final election. So practice here and use your vote wisely later. You can vote on MLB.com, on the, your team's website. You can vote on all the MLB apps like Ballpark and the AtBat app. And also Google makes it super easy to vote. 
There is primary voting now through June 21st, which will determine the top three vote getters at each position plus nine fielders. You can vote five times in a 24-hour period. You can mix it up. You can vote for the same people all the time. Up to you. Once those top three are determined, there will be a starters election that only lasts from noon on June 26th to 4 p.m. on June 27th, and you could only vote one time. I think these this is cool. Usually I, I resist change, especially when it's something really traditional and all-star voting is pretty traditional. I remember being a kid and getting the ballots handed out at the ballpark yes, and filling yeah. it out. So things have changed a little bit since then. But this idea of primaries is great because, you know, for the same reason that having so many Democratic candidates right now could sort of screw up the primaries. If you don't whittle it down, then you can have somebody who's winning by not much of a percentage. So if you, you're down to the top three, then whoever wins is doing it, you know, because people are choosing that person. And if you're like me and you have a lot of favorite third basemen, for instance, mm-hmm. you can mix up your votes a little bit and try to get a couple of them on that ballot. So you're happy with no matter who it is. We're going to tell you more about who our picks are and maybe our predictions for who we think is actually going to win because, you know, we're, those aren't necessarily the same things at a later show. But for now, get out there and vote early and vote often until the final when you could only vote once. That's it. Yeah. You know, I feel like this is kind of like game show week because first of all, we have the the MLB voting, which is definitely that game show kind of feel. And mm-hmm. we're going into the draft, which is this other kind of weird thing shown on TV. I totally don't get the the fascination with watching it because it's watching a bunch of guys who you probably don't know that much about, like maybe you've read about in the past week or two, get a phone call and jump up and down with their family. And some of these kids are in high school, so it's weird if you know a lot about them. (laughs) Right? I mean, why are you spending your time doing that if you're not actually a paid scout? I don't don't get why this is like a major thing on MLB Network. They're just covering the first night of it, though. Do you think people like put money on these draft picks and maybe that's why? Ah, Hmm. We neither condone that nor what's the other. Yeah, no, don't do it. I, yeah, officially, I don't, I, I don't know. You know, I quickly started thinking. Well, what if I look that? No, no, no I'm not no, going to no. go there. We'll I'm let not that go. go there. So, how does this whole draft thing work? So, you can watch on MLB.com at any point, but MLB Network is just covering the first night, which is Monday, which for you guys could be yesterday or even longer ago, depending on when you're listening to this podcast. Time but slip. The, yeah, total total time warp right here. Because for us, it's tomorrow. So it's the future for us. It's the past for you. The wonders <laughs> of recording. Hurts. Yeah. <laughs> so they're just doing rounds one and two tomorrow night. And each by tomorrow night, that's Monday, Monday. night, June third. And each person gets uh, four minutes for their announcement. So I don't know if that's family reaction or statement or that's why you can only get through the first two rounds. Picks up a little bit on Tuesday starting at 1 p.m. with rounds three through 10 and you get one minute per name. And then Wednesday is rapid fire starting at noon until they're done. And overall, there's there's always over 1,200 players who are picked this way. This year, I think it's 1,219. And like you were saying, there's a lot of high school kids here. So for the high school kids, they actually have a little bit. It's a little player friendly if you're in high school, because if you don't get the offer that you want money wise and the first round is where all the money is, the first top 10 is really the big money. Then you can say, you know what? I think I want to go to college. After all, a lot of these guys, if not all of them, have already been accepted at colleges with offers. So at that point, the kid gets to decide which is really better for his interest and maybe 
you know, depending on the team that that's chosen, they may feel one way or another, but at least they have options. It's also depending on their family situation, because when we've profiled a lot of our boyfriends, mm-hmm. we've said, oh, yeah, no, he turned that down and went to college. And then we have other people who said, you know, came from absolute poverty. And that signing bonus money made all the difference in their family's well-being. So, yeah, you take it and you jump on it. Yeah, and you know what was interesting is I thought that in in college they get um, drafted after junior year. But if you go to a community college, you can actually be eligible after one year because it's a two-year program. So I don't know if anybody plays with that situation, but it seems at least, you know, player-friendly in general makes me feel better, especially at the rookie younger ages. They, They deserve it. It just seems so random, though. So there's all this talk about the first round draft pick and where you are in the first round. And I started going back over past years. And we'll put the link in there because you, too, can go down this wormhole and find out <laughs> who is the number one draft pick in the in the past years. And I looked at this bumper crop year, 2010, right? Harper was number one. Machado was number three. Super interesting when uh-huh. you think about what's going on this year. And that kind of gives you that little um, cushion about how long does it take somebody from when they get drafted to actually be valuable for that team. So if 2010, Harper, I don't know, five or six years before he started making a big difference. Um, but in the top 10 from that year, there are two guys who aren't even playing anymore that mm. never made it to the majors. So who knows, you know, is number four that much better than number six or whatever? It can just make your your head spin. But to make the Orioles feel better, they're getting the first pick. Okay. There you go with the okay. tiny violins. <laughs> anybody who was in last place, That's it right. happened to be the Orioles. It's not right. to make them feel better. It's what happens. It's equity. It is. It is. And, okay. and so that's the weird thing, though, is, is it? Like, are the Orioles really going to get a better choice than the Royals do just because they get to pick first? Yes. The, let's hope. Well, everyone's available then. Yeah. So by definition, they do. But you don't but know what's going to come. It could be with- that who the Royals want is not the guy that the, Ori- that the Orioles right. pick. And so it works out okay for them. But and and one of them might you know break his leg next year. Like you don't know. Sorry, no, not not wishing any bad on anybody right now. Orioles fans, knock on whatever wood is happen. near you right now. D-backs, D-backs are something notable here though. They have a boatload of picks because they did that trade stuff. Like you know, when you're trading players, you can do it for a draft pick, and they stocked up on that. So what does that say? Are they planning? Do they have this master plan going on for five or six years from now when they're gonna really you know? Pull out the engines. That's either, yeah, that's definitely. It's either building a farm team or mm-hmm. it's acquiring a lot of interesting players that they may use as bargaining chips coming up. That's true. Right? It's that's like, true. hey, look, we've got this guy. You want this guy? Here's yeah. what we want for him. Well, I, I started looking at the guys to see if anybody was kind of sparking. And, and it went back to our legacy thread, which we'll get back to also again today from last year when you're looking at family members whose parents or grandparents, and in this case, uncle. Uh, Carlos Beltran's nephew, Matthew Lugo, is a shortstop who is right on that edge. He might be first round. He might be second round. Not totally sure. Coming from the Carlos Beltran Baseball Academy. So I think he he got sort of special lessons at the special I academy. Bet his teacher's pet. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Um, in Puerto Rico. And this is where, where our Puerto Rico connection sort of, you know, made me made me listen a little bit closer. The Puerto Rico's only been in this draft since 1989. And it's weird because we've talked about how Puerto Rico is treated differently than part of the United States and say the World Baseball Classic or the Caribbean series. But now it's more part. 
right? So question, they're in the draft now. Before that, mm. were they not available to be drafted or did they come in through the international yeah, stuff? That 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 second option. Okay. So they were okay. treated like the Dominican Republic or gotcha. something like that. Okay. So when this change happened, there was actually mixed reaction in the Puerto Rican community as far as I can understand because there was some nervousness that the the U.S. high schools that are just known for having, you know, uh, scouts go to them and to produce big players, that they're super competitive. And they felt that at that time, Puerto Rico didn't have that caliber of preparatory high school for baseball. Mm-hmm. It just wasn't. I mean, it's an island like that. The people in the United States are playing with teams all over the United States. But Puerto Rico, that's a lot of travel for some high school kids, really. But people like, say, Carlos Beltran made these academies. And so at this point, it is as competitive. It seems that way. And I think Carlos Correa was actually the first, first pick. Like he was number one pick in uh, 2012 um, who had graduated from a Puerto Rican high school because people like Lindor went to Florida for high school Mm -hmm. that I think you talked about. Yeah. Yeah. No, a bunch of them went to Florida. So to use the word academy, we need to be clear that the academies in Puerto Rico are high schools. They are high schools created in this case, you know, the Beltran underwrote this one, but they're not the same as what we talk about academies in like say the Dominican Republic, where a major league team will have a baseball academy there that's sponsored by the team. It's a little bit different, but apparently it's working. Exactly. So it'll be fun to watch. There've only been um, 12, I think people born in Puerto Rico who have been picked or, or high schooled in Puerto Rico that better said, who have been picked for the the draft so far this way. There will be um, some other repercussions of the draft starting, meaning that the free agents that we've been waiting for and waiting for and waiting for are more likely to be picked up because it turns out that a team who's picking up somebody who, didn't, who, who refused their qualifying offer, am I getting this right? You are. Would be penalized a draft pick if they signed them before the draft. Right. So they basically wrote off all of April and May in order to not lose a draft pick in signing, say, Craig Kimbrell or Dallas Keuchel. So by the time you hear the show, our bets are both of them will have been signed. Oh, that's intense. I wonder where they are. It could be. They're sitting by their phones waiting for their four minutes. Right. It's like there'll be like, you know, a little YouTube thing of them waiting for the phone to ring. It's like, yay. And then we can have like a beard off. They love me. They really love me better in that shot. I'm sure that's exactly what's going to (laughs) happen. All right. All right. So we're moving on to thoughts, prayers and protective netting. Guess which one is going to get us farther here? You are already aware, I'm sure, that at Minute Maid Park earlier this week, the Cubs were playing the Astros and the Cubs' Albert Elmore Jr. hit a foul ball down the left field line at 90 miles per oh hour and it struck a child in the head. The child was seated just past the protective netting. That ball got there in 1.2 seconds. Think about how fast that is. Now think about all the people who say, well, you shouldn't be sitting so close with your kids anyway, because certainly no adult has ever been injured except for, say, the person who was killed last year Mm -hmm. by being hit in the head at about that same place. So yeah, it's not about where your kids sit except for if they're not sitting behind netting because your ballpark doesn't have enough netting. The reason there's not enough netting is because 
some season ticket holders, not us, because we sit in the cheap seats no, way no netting by us. No, no netting no. needed. You, if you hit a ball up that way, it's going to be moving so slow by that time. Say, oh no, you don't, you don't. We don't want our view blocked by this very fine, high-tech mesh that you can see right through. It's inconveniencing me. So just don't bring your kids to the ballpark and sit up close where they can actually see the players. I remember when I was a kid, I used to think that sitting by, behind the netting was bad because that that sucks. Like, how could you look through that? But when we went last year, which is probably my first time behind the netting in a really long time when we were at, at Camden Yard, was that last year? Yes. The year before? Yep. I didn't even notice it. I mean, at all. It it's, was amazing. It's finer and finer yeah. mesh now, and it's super strong. And in some parks, it's even green. So when you look through it, you don't see it like over the grass, depending on where you are. Wow. So here's the thing. Even the players want this netting to go from foul pole to foul pole. There was an article in USA Today that said that players don't let their own families sit where there's not netting. So – Think about that. They know where these balls are going to go. They know how hard these balls are being hit. They're keeping their own family safe. They're making choices to sit behind netting. And even those pe- people who are like thinking, oh, I don't care. I can bring my glove and deal with it. And and if something happens, you know, it's on me. But, but no, because the, whoever batted that ball, no matter how much of a choice it was of the person who receives it in their head, it that person's going to feel bad. The batter's going to feel bad. No matter yeah. what. Yeah. I mean, if you saw the footage of Elmora just dropping mm-hmm. to his knees and weeping and being comforted by Hayward and some other players because he was he was heartbroken. Yeah. You don't mean for this to happen. You don't want this to happen. In fact, the Baseball Players Association in multiple collective bargaining agreements has put in there, we want netting from foul pole to foul pole. Maybe this time around will be when they get it. I hope they don't have to ask for it because I hope it's already there. And and bless Almora. He is so dedicated to this. He said that this girl is going to be in his life. So yeah. he's reaching yeah. out to her. He's reaching out to the family. Yeah. He's, he's respecting their privacy by not publishing anything before they're ready. But he's determined to yeah. stick with this. So right now... All ballparks comply with MLB's recommendation of extending to the dugouts. Fewer than a third extend netting past the dugouts. None of them go to the foul pole. Some of them go like three sections past. And all the ballparks are shaped a little bit differently. So mm-hmm. the only regulation, if if you don't use the dugout, it has to be the foul pole if you want it to be sort of equal because of like the way the bowls are shaped differently. So you got to go foul pole. And in fact, Japan and Korea all go foul pole to foul pole. And those are awfully big baseball countries. That's really interesting. Right. Um, and then a f- positive note, the Rangers are moving to a new ballpark next year and extending the netting out well beyond the required length is already in the plans there. Still not the foul pole, but a lot closer. Um, if you believe that you should have netting to protect you, contact your ballpark, contact your team, call them, email them, speak up. Because if it's the fans that say we don't want it, it can be the fans that say, yeah, we do. That's a really good point. I will do that right after we record. But first, I just want to save my butt a little bit from last week. We were talking about legacies, um, Kevin Biggio, Craig Biggio's son, and um, Mike Yastrzemski. Yeah, man, I did that last week. And I didn't it's even like you've never said his name before. Damn it. Mike <laughs> Yastrzemski. Sorry, Potty Mouse Dad. His grandson. They had both debuted when we recorded last week, and then we shut off the microphones, and Biggio hit a home run. And it led to the cutest 
gif. I can, and that's another one it. I have to print. You did it. Pause before I pronounce the cutest gif of um, Lourdes Guriel and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. just bounding out of the dugout for their rookie friend. You know, all these young guys just bounding together, and even um, the manager. Speaking of legacies, right? All banding together and they, bounding together. There ah. you go. Yeah. And and the manager, um, Charlie Montoya, right? He said it, that he's just loving these kids, like these young kids and their energy. It makes him happy watching them hug and jump around together. So yay for the and Blue Jays. their bats are pretty good too. Yeah. 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 And Goriel's still on a tear. Um, Mike Yastrzemski, it took him the rest of the week, so it wasn't quite right after recording. But this past Friday, he hit a triple and then a home run at Camden Yards. And he said in some sort of interview afterwards that, you know, he spent all his minor league time waiting for his first home run at Camden Yards. Because he was in the Orioles system. in the Orioles system. <laughs> and he got it anyway. Maybe the Orioles weren't quite as happy about him doing it from the other side of the park. Because Tim Anderson's like our favorite guy right now, we're going to note that he was hit in the head again by a Royals pitcher. Yep. Remember that whole kerfluffle and the brouhaha and the ruckus of April. Well, it's still going on a little bit, although um, Glenn Sparkman is the pitcher and everyone agrees that it was probably just a bad changeup and he really didn't mean it. But the umpire was taking no chances that this was going to become a dust up. Ooh, I got another one in there. And so he ejected the pitcher immediately. And there wasn't a huge complaint about a premature ejection. Huh, you just needed to say that. I just, yeah, maybe. I know. I know. Welcome, Adubal Herrera of the Phillies, to your administrative leave of at least seven days while Major League Baseball investigates domestic abuse. Welcome, Adubal Herrera of the Phillies, to the No Crying in Baseball, Not Gonna Ever Be a Boyfriend, parenthetically, again, list. I have, um, I have X guilt. He was my ex. He is my ex. Shit. He was my boyfriend last year. I chose him last year because he was like the one Philly last year who was shining. And damn it. And he I, has good hair. I See, guess. you were you shiny things. They're not enough. But I didn't do enough background. I mean, I guess this happened now. How was I to have known? But I think there were some warning signs, right? You want one? Yeah, please. Okay, so his girlfriend... Okay, Adubal Herrera is 27. This happened at a casino in Atlantic City, the Golden Nugget Casino in Atlantic City. His girlfriend is 20. And apparently there are photos of the two of them together from two years ago. Oh, shit. I was going to say, so he was with her last year when she was 19. I didn't realize that yeah, he the year had a 19-year-old girlfriend. Yeah, the year before that, when girlfriend. she was 18. Oh, my God. And, yeah. And so bad, bad. The, the assault uh, left a handprint, his handprint on her neck. Uh, she refused medical treatment, but he did. He was arrested and then released, and he's got a court date of June 17th. So uh, minor, Major League Baseball is investigating because that's their policy. They jumped right on that. Um, so the administrative leave is going to be at least seven days. I imagine the investigation will be quick because there's a police report, and they were there immediately. You know, so there were a lot of witnesses. That happened you know, it was right away. Um I don't know. So the Major League Baseball's decision, I think, is going to be independent of whatever whatever happens at court, because as we were suspecting, you know, she the the girlfriend didn't want medical help. She may or may not testify. Who knows? We've but, seen this. Oh my god! But this MLB is awful. can take action, and they should. So the trick is this: it's going to be freaking expensive ac action for the Phillies. If the Phillies drop him, and there's quite the um, the groundswell to do so. 
they'll be on the hook for the rest of his contract, which is, which is $24 million, which is a lot. But what do you, you know, what are their choices here? I don't know. In the meantime, it was just announced about an hour ago before we started recording that uh, that the Phillies traded a minor leaguer and a handful of cash to the Mariners for Jay Bruce because they need somebody in the outfield right now while Herrera is on administrative leave and probably serving out a suspension soon to come. You know, fuck it. If they're spending the kind of money that they're spending on Bryce Harper, they can handle just yeah. shelving the $24 million. I mean, really. They They... If they don't do that, if they don't do something substantive. I read one piece in in a Philly publication saying, oh, he'll come back in one good hitting streak and everybody will forget. No, no. Well, well, right. I mean, I kind of wanted like photos of the people who said these things because there were other articles like, nope, nope, don't come back ever. Come back. This is a this is a hard no. Yeah. You know, and as much shit as Nats fans talk about Philly fans, which is a lot of shit, really. I don't think it's they're, in self-defense, but yeah, but and, the, and they're not that bad. You know what I mean? Like maybe they'll throw stuff on the field or whatever, but I don't think that they would stoop low enough to just forget about it. Say, oh, well, if he hits, we want him back anyway. Right. We don't care that he left a handprint on his girlfriend's neck. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to start our prediction recap, our little, you know, monthly check-in and predictions by apologizing to the Minnesota Twins. You may not hear us say Minnesota Twins very often, and that's exactly what I'm apologizing for. Minnesota Twins, I see you. I see you now. I value you. You are kicking ass. You're awesome. And I apologize for ignoring you for weeks. I apologize also. I am I'm sorry. Very, very sorry. So you'll see that they are um going to be mentioned a lot from here on out, at least today. Oh, I just remembered while we were pre-recording, I, I was like, there was something I wanted to say about the twins and I couldn't remember. Why I remember tell us now, right now. I wanted to thank the twins for bashing on the Rays the past couple of days, because that's good for me in the American League East with the alliances that I have. So yes, not only are the twins doing well, but they're doing well in Florida against the Rays. Thank you, twins. I wasn't going to go there. Okay. So, all right. So our American League predictions are, you know, in, in, in each, in each uh, division, each conference. So I was right. Yankees, they're on top. Um, Cleveland is number two in the central because, hey, the twins, the twins are number one by more than 10 freaking games. Hello, twins. I see you. And Cleveland sees your back right now. Um, And the Astros in the West by a boatload. So I had that. So I'm feeling pretty okay about my American League picks ish ish. So there's there's a variety of boat sizes involved here. You've got the canoe, you've got the cruise ship, you've got the kayak, like a boatload. How much is really a boatload? I think more than 10 in the American League Central. (laughs) That that 10, 8, 9, 10 mark seems to be really common in except for one division in the National League. Even I, I had picked the lands of our births, which is Boston and Cleveland. So I'm feeling a little disappointed there. And I had picked Houston. Um, I'm a little nervous with Correa being out for so long and with Altuve being out as well. But these these point spreads, I I think it, we're still before the All Star break. I think we're still talking canoe for the boatload. You're but- adorable. <laughs> Cheers. 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 Adorable is not a sports word, so we're drinking. Uh, yeah. National League, where the boats are really small. <laughs> uh, <laughs> National League East. Phillies, check. I had them in the lead. Uh, My Brewers are in second place in the Central, but only by half a game. And Dodgers by 
a boatload, but okay, an, a, I, but that's a National League boatload, again, so I don't know what that means. So check. So I am two and a half for three in the National League. I'm I, feeling good. I am going to challenge that Dodgers boatload because I had picked the Padres over there, who are barely in third. You they picked were, the Padres to lead that division? Yeah. I, I was looking for the, really? the story. I thought that like with the whole That would be Tatis an excellent the, story. That's an excellent story. It might happen. I'm still holding on to it because they're really in, in third place, even though that <laughs> spread is bigger than the first and the last place of any NL Central team, which is my, my second excuse is that, you know, NL Central could be really anybody at this point. I had the cards. They're like I think, but it's still by like five games, which is half the spread of the the second place. Oh, shit. No, third place Padres to the first place Dodgers. Anyway, it's all relative. We're before the All-Star break. You're trying to make magic with math, but math is a science, right? You got that? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. All right. So MVP. MVP. Um, I suck with the MVPs right now. So I was trying to do the equivalent of picking the Padres by <laughs> by going <laughs> with, right. with um, Jose Ramirez uh, for American League because I just thought this was going to be the thing. And it's early yet, right? After the All-Star. Isn't that what you just said about I did, the team? Yeah. Okay. Because right now, mm-mm, the people that are getting talked about for American League are Trout always, but also Brantley and Springer, which might help with the whole Houston thing if we're worried about Correa and Altuve. Um, and guess who? Jorge Polanco of the twins. Hello, twins. I see you. And nobody is talking about Mookie Betts anymore, which is who I picked to go back to back. And I'm realizing that that one I'm going to give up on right now. Like, I, I am totally, wow. there's no way in hell, hell is freezing over he as we that speak. Off. That is amazing. Mm-hmm. So National League, I thought Acuna, I thought he was going to go from rookie of the year to MVP. And no one is talking about Acuna. He's playing fine. He's playing well, but he is not playing like Cody Bellinger, who is freaking amazing right now. He was pretty good before. And now he's got, he's leading in like all categories. So right now, right now, if it was happening today, it's Bellinger all the way. You are right. He is kind of light years beyond any other statistic, but I'm, I'm keeping my hope with my pick of Nolan Arenado. I'm not willing to totally give up on this one. He's got something going right now, except for, damn it, I'm recording this and you guys are going to hear it later. So maybe it's ended, but right now he's on a, a 11 game hitting streak and he batted and this can't be taken away from him because now it's June and this is about May. May, he was batting 425 with nine home runs. For the month of May? Mm-hmm. I don't have him on my team. Is that why my fantasy <laughs> team is taking? Because someone Maybe. must have him. Yep. Could be. Oh God. All right. Okay. So rookie of the year. Um, again, I went with uh, Eloy Jimenez because he was like the, one of those big signings and really great. He's like mentioned in the – we're profiling the top five guys and then listing the next five. He's in the list of the next five. So there's hope. There, there, there's you know. hope. But Oh, but Brandon Lowe of of the Rays and somebody that you're pretty happy with. Yay. Do tell. Vlad Jr. That's my pick. I am sticking with him. And he is the guy who made May the most home runniest month. <laughs> that's not, that does not work. <laughs> <laughs> I believe home runnish, oh, yeah, or home runnest, much home runnest month of MLB history. <laughs> the most home runs ever happened because he got that last one, and the ball is juiced. Yeah, okay. <laughs> or but, maybe, but, you know, but he got maybe it. that's it. But he has six so far. But he's only been in twenty nine games, so I'm gonna keep my eye on him. I'm not gonna fall asleep on Michael Chavez from the Red Sox though, because he's doing some mighty nice things. So watch him. All right, so National League, um, my guy Pete Alonso is still in the running, although 
I'm starting to keep an eye on Alex Verdugo of the Dodgers because I've been watching some more Dodgers games and he's killing it. He fits in the BMX club really well. That is true. He totally does. I think that nobody's been talking about Tatis Jr. because for the entire month of May, he was on the 10-day IL. Check back to our last (laughs) episode if you need to know about why that is. Or use the vocabulary words, short-term injury list. Numbers don't matter. Short-term injured. Before that, he was batting 300. He is back now, I think today. So I'm going to watch him. All right. So Cy Young, last month I was totally in their American League because I had Bauer. Trevor Bauer was absolutely at the top of the list for a Cy Young contention. And then um, May happened, and he dropped super big. So now all the talk is about Justin Verlander and also Jake Odorizzi of the Twins. Hello, Minnesota Twins. I see you. Wow. I remember. I remember. Is it Odorizzi? Odorizzi is what I always said. And there's yet another pronunciation that I've heard. I remember when he was with the Rays. I just like pretending I'm Italian sometimes. Oh, okay. That could be it. Okay. What do you got for American League? What's uh, happening there? American League. Oh, shit. I really have to talk about that. <laughs> Speak the words. Okay. So I picked. Uh, this is really funny. I picked Chris Sale. So he it seemed reasonable at the time, it but totally did. Totally did. And he is one and seven. That would mean seven losses and a win. And I don't think he can quite degrom his way out of this. He actually has had some really impressive games. He had a game, I think you will remember, with 17 strikeouts, and he struck out 10 Yankees, but that was not enough to get the win. And I think the one and seven, DeGrom wasn't that lopsided. I don't know. He was pretty lopsided. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you had a fun fact about Verlander. Oh, and Verlander just yesterday passed Cy Young himself in his number of all-time strikeouts. He cracked the top 20. And the guy who cracked the top 30 today would be Max Scherzer, who's my pick for the National League, Cy Young, who is absolutely getting degrommed, although he did have a win today and 15 strikeouts. But he has, well, let's see, after today, he's got well more than 115 strikeouts and an ERA of like 325, and yet they're losing almost all the games he's starting. And he has a stare to kill, so you'd think that he would be just staring everybody into submission at this point. Yeah, right now the leader is um, Hanjin Ryu. Did I say that right? I hope so. Of the Dodgers. And still, um, Louis Castillo, who we mentioned last month of the Reds, is absolutely contending right now for the National League. Uh, My my National League was Scherzer, so ditto. So ditto. (laughs) I'm feeling very good about who I picked for teams that were fun to watch. I picked a handful because, you know, I like baseball and I want fun. Um, So I believe in fun with the Padres and with the Reds, the Blue Jays, and the Rays. And they're all super fun to watch. They're all contenders, at least at a higher level than anyone expected. They've all got interesting, young, fun players. Interesting fact about the Rays, although I think they're fun to watch, their home fans do not because this week they had they recorded their lowest attendance in 22 years. That was fewer than 6,000 people. It was a Tuesday night game, but the prior lower lowest attendance was during a hurricane evacuation. Oh my God, that's terrible. I've got to say that their ballpark sucks. It's just it's not a pleasant place to be. I did not I would not want to go back there. I went there once. And I don't blame the fans. If they were your team, wouldn't you suck it up and go a little? I think I would have some sort of petition drive or something to to fix that fucking park because it's just so miserable. I don't know. 
I I made the mistake of thinking that the Yankees would be fun to watch. They are fun to watch. I'm sure that many people are enjoying them. I am not enjoying it. And I'm praying that tonight, you all know this by now, but right now the Red Sox are down two games against the Yankees over the weekend. So I am not happy with the Yankees. They have a lot of cool Wait, shit going on. Wait, not in the standings. On. You mean in the series that they're playing right yeah, now? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, the standings, I know. They're the standings, they're way the fuck down. They're like yeah, nine they and are. a half games down. Thank it's you. Really, really bad. Okay, that's more of a no, boat no. shape down by as right. opposed to like a paddle. Totally. Yeah. No, no, it's a cruise ship. Um, not a not a happy one. But the Yankees have done some crazy shit. I mean, who would have thought Herman would be pitching the way he's pitching? And last year, everybody hated him. And right, and this guy Ursula, who came from nowhere with this shitty average last year, is now batting over 300. So I don't know what's in the water, but something is going on with the indestructible Yankees. So, yeah. Fun. Making them fun for other people mm-hmm. to watch, but necessarily us. Hey, the Diamondbacks did a really cool thing yesterday that I'd never heard of before. They hosted Native American Recognition Day at their ballpark. That exists. That exists. And there's more. There's more. It's not just like show up and get the cool hat, which they also had. It was um, the Diamondbacks were the only team in the major leagues that host both a baseball and a softball tournament for Native American youth. Then they celebrate these teams that participate in this tournament by having them parade pregame at an actual Diamondbacks game. Remember what we've always said, when it happens in the the Major League ballpark, that means it's important. They awarded the trophies in the ballpark before yesterday's game. They had music. They had um, drums. They had tribal royalty that was honored at the ballpark. So very super cool Diamondbacks. I'm glad to know that you do this. And super impressive for for reaching out to the people of your state. I mean, Arizona, of course, there's a bunch of reservations out there and people who have you know been forced to suffer for way too long and to finally try to write history a little bit, meaning make it right or or make up for it. Just just honor what's there and what's part of the culture of Arizona is really important. And like a lot of these community type nights at ballparks, money raised is going to support Native American organizations good. throughout the state. They're that giving back. is so good. We have a fantasy league on this podcast made out of the boyfriends, the guys that we've picked over the past few weeks. Well, before that, in the off season when we picked a guy from each team because they were super cool in more than just on the field. And that's what I am sticking with because my team sucks. <laughs> partly, partly because- But the guys are so great. Such nice guys. It's partly just because of my basic ineptitude with fantasy baseball and just blanking on Saturday that that's when I have to check out the injured, the recently injured. It seems like my guys just get injured on Saturdays and I just don't notice. So yeah, I am in the basement on this. Absolute rock bottom in our fantasy league. You are still arm wrestling in the middle. There's this like middle chunk of a few of you who are hanging in there. And then the leftovers are catching up, breathing down El Wombo's neck between number two and one. I kind of feel like our league is a lot like the American league with, you know, (laughs) the larger boats dividing us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. This week coming up, we're very excited that Tuesday night is night out at the Nationals. The Nats are doing a pretty good job if we're basing it on what our friend Jen said from Queer Fancy Stats. They pointed out that you want to make sure that the team is invested, that the night is advertised, 
not just sort of like, if you know, you know, all of that, but the team is really leaning into it. I have heard radio ads. I have seen TV ads. I have seen things mailed to me because I buy tickets for the nationals. They're all in and they're celebrating 15 years of having a night out. So I'm looking forward to seeing it in person. I just want to add a little thing. I think that um, Sean Doolittle, as always, is being awesome with his social media. It's all over his Twitter. I think some of the other players need to share in that. I think that's true. I also have another idea. You want to hear my idea? Mm -hmm. Mother's Day, Father's Day, Memorial Day. The teams have special uniforms Mm -hmm. that are pink for Mother's Day and blue for Father's Day and camouflage for Memorial Day that they wear for the game and then are then auctioned off for charity. Hello, rainbow jerseys. Oh, that would look so cool. Right? Better than any of the other options. Why not? Mm -hmm. Why not? There's one more thing happening this week that's important both to the Potty Mouth family and to the Patty family. We each have a child graduating from high school this week. So when we come back to you next week, we will be parents of graduates, of incoming college students. So we're going to sound older and more mature and probably all very exhausted, quite exhausted, because there will be some celebrating over the course of the weekend. If you don't have kids graduating and a night out to go to, you should be listening to back episodes so you catch up on things that you've missed. Please tell your friends if you enjoy our show and you think they might enjoy it too. Rate, review, and subscribe so you don't miss any. And until next time, say goodnight, Potty Mouth. Goodnight, Potty Mouth. Potty Mouth.